Hello, gorgeous people! I'm your host, Kaylin Keeper, and you are listening to Castle in the Air podcast. Well, guys, it's been a minute. It's been a little bit longer than I would have liked since I posted the last episode, but life is just so busy and crazy in a great, great, great way. Um, But I started my summer internship, and then just evenings, yeah, life is just busy. But... I am glad to be back. I finally got in the rhythm of the preparation for this episode because it did take a little bit to get the ball rolling. Um, I think I had a hard time with the writing at first because this can be a really broad topic. Um, Very, very, very broad. And so I didn't necessarily know like which route to take Um, for those of you, if you don't know by now, I am going to be talking about my faith today, aka like my religious beliefs, but I don't like the word religion to refer to it, and I'll explain why later. But I'm going to be talking about my faith because when I started the podcast, a lot of people asked me to share like my testimony or just talk about my faith, which pumped me up because like I love to talk about this. This is Definitely the thing I could talk about for the longest, like, having a conversation with someone. Um, I will say I don't have this grand, like, testimony of coming to faith, so sorry if that's a little anticlimactic. Just in the sense that, like, I was raised in church, like, doing all the things, so I didn't have this, like, time in my life when I experienced God for the first time, and then, like, blah, 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 like, all that. But I think a testimony doesn't just have to be a time when someone comes to faith, but also just a season of life where they experience God, like, moving really strongly can also just be a testimony, and I definitely, like, have a lot of those throughout my life, which is very sweet. So, um, I do completely understand that not everyone is interested in my faith, um, holds the same beliefs as me, like, all of those different things, and that's obviously fine, I'm not expecting that. Um, I remember in the beginning processes of my podcast, honestly, I had a friend and they meant nothing bad by this at all, but they told me like, don't talk about your faith all the time because that's not really what people want to listen to, which I like completely understand where they were coming from with that. But I just remember responding and saying, I'd rather lose listeners from people who don't want to hear my beliefs or disagree with my beliefs than just not talk about like the one belief I have that shapes all others and like makes me who I am. Um, and so, like, yes, obviously this isn't a solely religious podcast, so I know that some people, like, just don't come here to hear me talk about my beliefs, which is understandable, like, I get that. Um, but that being said, obviously, if you're not interested in this episode, turn it off right now, I'll have no idea, I will never know, and it's, it's fine, no hard feelings. Um, but I just feel like I can't really shy away from this topic because it's made me who I am, and it defines, like, pretty much my whole life. So, in this episode, I want to share why I hold the faith that I do, um, a little bit of how it looks in my everyday life, kind of, and then just talk about some, like, questions and topics that I hear both from Christians and non-Christians. Something that I'm really eager to address even is just some outside perspectives and, like, sort of criticisms, um... That I hear about Christians because I know they exist and they do need to be addressed and I feel like it's part of the job of like Christians in the church to address those things or at least just to not be ignorant to them and know 
what the outside world is saying, if that makes sense. Um, with something as complex as religion, I think all wise people are forced to and should acknowledge alternate perspectives just to know they exist, to wrestle with them, um, and then ultimately, like, you make a decision on where to put your faith. But I think just, like, knowing about the other beliefs that exist is really good, and it's a good way to just not be ignorant, which is something that I try to do. And actually, doing that has made my faith a lot stronger. I'll talk about later, like, an interesting season in my life when I was exposed to a completely different perspective of like creation sort of and how it actually made my faith a lot stronger so I'll talk about that um but yeah I think it's just really it's good to explore everything and know what's out there so you're not ignorant to anything but I'm definitely excited to talk about this I know I catch myself saying that every single episode but I'm excited to talk about all the things that I'm talking about um, so to some, I think the stuff in this episode that I'm talking about might seem like surface level stuff. Maybe if you like hold the same faith as me and you grew up in the church too or whatever. But I think to some people, maybe like they've never heard any of this. And so it's going to be actually a lot of new information. So I'm going to try to hopefully like not skew too far one way or the other. Um, and kind of just like balance it out to like a general audience type of thing. So I feel like before I talk about anything about how my faith reflects in my life, the first thing I need to do is explain the basis of my faith, which is called the gospel. And so, like, I'm sure there are people listening who have heard the gospel a hundred times, and then I'm sure there are people listening who maybe have never heard the gospel in their life. So not only for, like, the sake of this episode, but also for the sake of those people, do I feel like it's probably the best to share the gospel first. So that's what I'm going to do. So the gospel is Greek for good news. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Bible was written, there's two testaments. The Old Testament, which is the first, was written in Hebrew. And then the New Testament, which is the second, was written in Greek. And the first four books of the New Testament of the Bible are called the gospel because they tell the story and the good news of the life and the ministry and the death and resurrection of Jesus. So they're written by four different guys, so each of them are a little different, but they all contain the same message and they all have the same heart. So um, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you're curious. Um, and their message is essentially that God sent his son, Jesus, into an imperfect world so that we didn't have to live in the shame of our sins. So Jesus was both fully man and fully God, meaning that he lived, breathed, laughed, ate with humans, all of those things, but he was also fully God in the sense that he was perfect and he never sinned. Um, yeah, so Jesus lived on earth and he lived out in ministry, so he went around, kind of traveled, preaching, healing, like performing wonders, like all that different sort of thing, but ultimately the main reason that God sent Jesus down to earth was ultimately to die for us because he was a sacrifice for us. Um, so where that comes from is like in the Old Testament of the Bible, which is everything that happened before Jesus, everyone lived strictly adhering to the law. And so whenever they fell short of the law or like broke it somehow, there was a sacrifice required to make atonement for that sin. And so this was like very, very serious stuff. Um, 
and people were just living in this cycle of like sinning and then sacrificing and then sinning because we are all imperfect people who mess up and like that's inevitable. Um, but God's intent in sending Jesus to die for us was that he was the ultimate sacrifice so that we didn't have to be in this cycle of like sinning and sacrificing and sinning and sacrificing. Um, but I think it's a lot deeper than that because not only was he the ultimate sacrifice, but in dying for us, we no longer had to live in the shame of our sin. Um, and that's like the point of life in Christ is that like we've been set free from our sins. And so it's like, yes, we are still imperfect people and we still mess up and fall short. But because Jesus made atonement for our sin, basically like once and for all and for everybody, it's like we don't have to live in the shame of that sin anymore, which is gorgeous. Um, so we no longer have to like adhere perfectly to the law and there's no pressure to be perfect people because we're not, but really the law just points us back to our imperfections and that points us to the fact that we just need a savior. And so the reason they call it the good news is not only because of the salvation that this provides for us, um, but it's also a free gift. And so I think that's what separates Christianity from like a lot of other world religions is there's nothing we can do as people to like earn God's love or have it taken away from us. Um, we don't have to like do certain works or like pray a certain time, uh, certain amounts per day or like anything like that. Like it's not based on how we perform. It's just based on God's love for us, um, which I think takes a lot of pressure off. And we, um, we have free access to it too. So Whenever God sent Jesus to die, he sent Jesus for everyone who believes. So it doesn't matter who you are. I know in the Bible, there's a phrase like every nation, tribe, and tongue. So it really is like a global thing. It's for anyone and everyone. He knows we're imperfect and he thinks we're deserving of this gift anyways. And I think like at the heart of Christianity, there's just so much like beauty and goodness because we're imperfect people and like God saw right past that and he just saw us as his creation and he wanted to provide a way for us to not live in the shame of our sins. So that's just barely scratching the surface. Obviously, like this is all just super complex. It's simple. The premise is simple, but I mean... We have the whole Bible. There's a lot more than go that goes into it than what I just said. But that is Crash Course, what you absolutely need to know for now. So flash forward 2,000 years and you ask, what does this have to do with me? Well, like I mentioned, Jesus' sacrifice was one that is meant for all of mankind for the rest of time, for every country, every nation, all of those different things. And so I... I, like anyone else, technically, am faced with the choice of, like, I can choose to believe that and accept that or not. And so I made the choice to believe and accept that when I was very young, but, like, still to this day, hold fast to that. But life after Jesus for anyone requires a lot of choices. And like I said, I think the main choice and the first choice is either life with Jesus or life without Jesus. So do we accept what Jesus did through his sacrifice was for us and we want to live in that freedom or not? Um, and so if we choose life with Jesus, that also means that we choose eternity with Jesus. 
And if we choose life without Jesus, that also means that we choose eternity without Jesus. So for me, I chose life with Jesus when I was young, but that decision kind of always means something like new to me in every little season and walk of life. Um, like I mentioned, like I, I grew up in the church and all that stuff. Um, I knew a lot about Jesus just from a very young age. But I have always known that life with Jesus is one of the best decisions I can make for myself, for my life. And so looking back, I don't think I knew at the time the full weight of that decision and how it would define my life. Um, I, I just don't think I fully understood what it meant. But when I decided to do life with Jesus, I was so little. And so it mostly meant just like praying and reading my Bible and like learning more about who Jesus is and how he wants to help me and all those different things. And honestly, like flash forward, now I'm 19. And it honestly kind of means a lot of the same things, just at a way deeper level. So why, as an independent 19-year-old who can make whatever choices I want, why do I choose this faith? Well, I like to look at it from multiple different standpoints. I think the first is like very outside perspective, a little bit philosophical um, for anyone. I think that life is precious and I believe it becomes infinitely more precious and abundant when we as people put our belief and our faith in something bigger than ourselves. So for me and a lot of other people, like that often points to religion. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't like the word religion actually because I think to me it's just connected with the idea of like trying to be perfect and following laws and praying so many times a day and having to do like XYZ to be saved. And the reality is that's just not God's character. I like the word relationship, and I think it describes the character of God a lot better because he knows we're not perfect. He doesn't need us to do anything besides believe and accept the gift that he had for us. He knows that we're imperfect, and he just wants a relationship with us. Like, he wants to love us, and he wants us to love him. Which, by the way, us loving God isn't for God, it's for us. Because God doesn't change whether we love him or not. Like, there's nothing that we can do to change who God is, but loving God is actually for our own good, and that's something that, as I've become more mature in my faith, it's something I realized. Like, God doesn't need our love because he needs our love. God wants us to love him because he knows that it's for our own good, and that's something that I've, like, fully experienced and can say with 100% confidence. So, anyways. So... Believing in something bigger than ourselves, so then I think the next question is like, why for me is that Jesus? Well, um, first of all, it's come to my attention that some people don't believe Jesus was a real person. That's never been the question for me, because I think like 99.9% .9 of like historians can definitely agree that like Jesus was a real person and like his life is in alignment with not only, like, the Bible's written records of his life, but also, like, other written records of his life. I don't, I didn't even know there was a question of, like, whether Jesus was real, but apparently there is. Anyways, that's never been the question for me. So, the question for me has always been, is Jesus really who he says he is? And I think that's, like, the premise of the Christian faith. Like, if, if you call yourself a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus is who he really says he is. And so, um... If this is one of the central questions in my life, then, like, I better have an answer. But the reality is, for a lot of people, 
we will never ever ever have the proof on this side of eternity, which is life, um, that some people need because for some people all of the proof is on the other side of eternity and so I think for some people the only thing that I would be able to answer this question with is just like my life and faith. Like if we don't have facts, we rely on our faith. And that's something that I'm going to talk about later because I found some really cool parallels with that in my life. But, um, like I said, like, I've known who Jesus is all my life, but I'd say for the past couple of years is when I've, like, really, really been doing life with Jesus and, like, really experiencing and encountering the love of Jesus and, like, trying to live in that. So the best evidence I can give from my own life is the joy and the confidence and the abundance that I've experienced. And to be completely honest, it's not really something that some people will ever understand until they experience it. But this is where I find my ultimate meaning because I believe that we all have free access to this gift that God has given us, um, which is eternal life and salvation through Jesus. But my life has changed because of that and I want other people's lives to change too. So at the end of the day, we all have to choose whether or not obviously to believe in God who's greater than us or not, who that God is, all of those different things. But for a while I've lived my life in alignment with the belief that God exists. He sent his son, the whole gospel, which I explained earlier. And I know that as I've lived in that truth and walked in that truth, my life has completely changed and I've been able to just live really abundantly and freely and let go of a lot of things in this world and just a lot of pressures and a lot of expectations. And there's genuinely nothing that could happen to me that could shake my choice now because I've experienced joy and love and hope, but I've also experienced grief and anger and confusion. And there's been really hard times in my life and I've had to wrestle with hard things and questions but the difference is that in grief and anger and confusion, I have a light. And like, I remember a couple months ago, we had a family friend pass away and I was actually at church when I found out. And I, I remember sitting in a room crying and thinking, I want to be mad at God, but I can't because I know he's faithful. And like, that's the kind of confidence that I experience on a daily basis because of my faith. And that doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And like I said, it won't make sense until you experience it. But because I've experienced the fullness of life like this, it just confirms that God is who he says he is for me. And like the fact that I'm able to feel hope and like all these different things in the midst of grief and anger is just something that doesn't make sense and makes me believe that there has to be God. So yeah, I've always struggled a lot, I think, just with like purpose and I'm like, where do I feel called and how do I feel called to live, sort of, but if nothing else, like this is the one thing that kind of keeps me reined in because I've experienced the abundance of God in my life and like I want other people to experience that too. Okay, so switching gears a little bit to a new topic, um, that's kind of my faith in my life very surface level description of kind of what it means to me in my life, etc. But I do want to talk about some of the 
Hmm, outside, outside perspectives, because I know they exist and they're important. So, I won't beat around the bush. I think Christianity a lot of times can get a bad rap. Understandably so, but what I will say first and foremost, I think, actually I know this for a fact, Christianity gets a bad rap not because of Jesus, but because of Christians. Because... Hmm. Christians, a lot of people who call themselves Christians aren't living how Jesus would live. And doesn't make sense to me. But the very premise of being a Christian, like first and foremost, is just being who Jesus would want you to be. And I unfortunately think that a lot of people don't do that. And they can kind of get caught up in their own agenda in so many different ways. And then other people see these people who call themselves Christians and are like getting all these bad ideas and misconceptions about what life as a true Christian should look like. And like, yes, the blame is on on us for that, for sure. But I, I think there's a lot of outspoken Christians, whether it's like politicians or Facebook, like everyone in between. There's just people who abuse the privilege that it is to do life with God I definitely believe this, but I also believe a lot of Christians and people who call themselves Christians who abuse this really aren't doing life with God at all. I think there's people out there who maybe were raised in church and know about God and maybe even know a little bit about the Bible, but there are people, and probably of every religion, people like this exist, but they use their faith as a weapon or like use it for their own agenda rather than like a tool for love and like just letting religion be what it really is. I'm sure a lot of people know this, especially if you like grew up around the Christian faith, but the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us in the Bible is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Like I mentioned earlier, this isn't for God. He doesn't need us to love him because he's God. Loving God is for our own good and for the good of those around us. The second command is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason why Christianity gets such a bad rap is because there are so many people who call themselves Christians who aren't doing these things. Um, so I think some of the largest criticisms that I hear of Christians are one, that we live in the same way that everyone else does. And this is true for a lot of people who claim to be Christians. I think they make the exact same decisions as non-Christians and like live their life in the same way that everyone else does and nothing looks different. So I think that people who aren't Christians see these people and then we wonder why people don't feel the want or the need to become Christians. Well, it's because our lives look the same as everyone else's around us. And that's our fault. But I believe these Christians aren't following the first commandment that God gives us in the Bible. Because if they really understood God's character on a deep level and loved him, they wouldn't want to act like this world. They would want to act more like God. And... For a lot of people, that just isn't a reality, and so then that comes off as a bad representation of what being a Christian should really look like. And so I think the second critique is that, two, Christians are, like, hateful, and we let our beliefs polarize us. And I think for a lot of people, this is true, too. And I am absolutely not going to get political because I... Ugh, I hate politics, actually. I don't like politics, and also this isn't supposed to be political, but people make it political.
But I believe that people use their religious beliefs to polarize us more than anything, which is obviously so evident in the world. But I think Christians take Bible-based beliefs, some Bible-based beliefs, and allow them to turn them into hateful, judgmental people who judge people that live different lifestyles. Now, as a Christian, I filter all of my beliefs through the Bible for my own good. Not for the good of anyone else, but I know, like, this is the best thing to do for myself. Um, so I hold Bible principles, but I try my best to never let them get in the way of a relationship with a fellow human being who I could lead to Christ. And that doesn't mean I always have to agree with the way that other people live their lives, because I certainly will not, but I won't judge other people for that. And I think the problem with a lot of critical Christians is that we pick and choose what we want to focus on in the Bible and we pick out passages that support our own agendas and then we use that to judge other people and say like, oh, well, the Bible says this. Well, yeah, the Bible also says there's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and destroy, but who are you to judge your neighbor? But we don't want to focus on that. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that like talk about how judgment only belongs to God. Or, like, if you even focus on the life of Jesus, like, the way Jesus loved his enemies, gave money to the poor, loved women, like, we really are picking and choosing what we want to focus on. And the reality is that we're all imperfect people, and all of us fall short of God's standard, and the worst thing we can possibly do is to hate other sinners out of their sin instead of showing them the love of Jesus and meeting them in their sin. Because no one wants to experience a God who shames them. And I think people don't understand that God isn't looking for perfect people who don't sin. God wants to meet you exactly where you are. And it's so, ugh, it's so interesting to me. I've even like, I've heard testimonies of people. For those of you who know Jackie Hill Perry, she has an incredible testimony. I encourage everyone to listen to it. But For a while in her life, she was like part of the LGBTQ community, and she believed that she couldn't be a Christian because of that. But then she realized that like, all God wants is a relationship with us. And so, like, I'm just using this as an example because her testimony is incredible, but it's like, I think in the world there's this belief that like, you can't be part of the LGBTQ community and also be a Christian. Because, according to the Bible, like, man and woman are made for each other. And so, living a life of homosexuality, according to the Bible, is a sin. But, every single Christian sins. And so, like, the idea that you can't have a relationship with God because of your sexuality is so far off. And I'm sorry if people have told you that, and I'm sorry if that's what you've heard for your whole life, but this is the reality. God wants to meet you exactly where you are, in all of your imperfections, in all of your sin, in your sexuality, in anything. God wants to meet you right there. And then, if you want to have a relationship with God, over time, if you're, if you're truly living for God, he's going to strip you of your desires to sin. But that doesn't just mean your sexuality. And so, Jackie Hill Perry explains in her testimony, when she finally realized that she could go to God, not just with her sexuality, but also with gossiping and lying. And like, it's not that God wanted to strip her of her sexuality. It's that God wanted to strip her of all her sin. And so like over time, 
she basically like came out of being LGBTQ and she is now married to a man and they have kids. But it's like she found that God didn't just want her to be straight. God also didn't want her to lie. God didn't want her to gossip. And so like it's all these different things that I think we communicate that you can't go to God if you XYZ fill in the blank. God wants you exactly where you are. And I think I'm just stressing this so much because people don't talk about this enough, but there's nothing you can do to separate you from the love of God. I don't care how far off you are. I don't care what your daily life looks like. God wants you where you are. And then over time, if you have a relationship with him, these things will probably start to change. And we don't have to be perfect before we go to him. And I've heard this quote and I really like it. It says, God doesn't want to control our lives. He wants to change what we desire. And I think, mm, couldn't have said it better myself. God just wants to change what we desire. He wants to change what we have hearts for and eyes for. And I'll say this a billion times. This is for our own good because nothing that we do can change who God is. But God wants to change who we are for the better out of love for us and nothing else. And I think this is another thing that a lot of people don't understand is that everything that God does for us is out of love for us. Romans 8.28, it says that, For we know that God works all things according to his plan for the good of those who love him. God is always working for our good. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. I'm sorry. I apologize to the people who have encountered Christians that aren't living the way that God wants us to live and you've been hurt by that. I apologize to people who have been hurt by the church. It happens. I think it's ignorant to say that it doesn't happen. But if you have never experienced God and you're listening to this episode, if you walk away with nothing else, know that God wants to meet you right where you're at and you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to change anything before going to God. Okay, switching gears again. I'm just kind of hitting like the very tips of the icebergs of all these different things. But I want to talk about an experience I have. In a sense, I kind of call this one of my testimonies because I saw God working so much in this season. And it's really cool. And I think it's just like a very real world example that people might be able to relate to or identify with. So in the fall of my freshman year at UT, I took an astronomy class. And I wasn't nervous about it, but I knew going into class I had the expectation that I would probably learn um, a lot of things that kind of contradicted my beliefs about religion and creation and humanity and like all that different stuff. But what's really cool is I found like literally exactly the opposite. So I remember on my first day of class, our professor introduced himself as Carl Gebhardt. Guy looks like Albert Einstein from like 2022. Like super cool professor actually. But, like, huge curly gray hair, wore, like, flamingo t-shirts and, like, really cool guy. He was great. And I soon found out that he was the leading black hole researcher in the world. So I'm like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. But on the first day of class, he told us that almost everything he was going to teach us about astronomy is relatively unknown slash can't be confirmed. And the things that he would be teaching us were mostly just, like, the most widely held beliefs in the astronomy world. In other words, just theories. And so I learned about the Big Bang, black holes, um, the multiverse, all this stuff. And so I learned from one of the best astronomers living in this world right now um, 
But I also learned that he couldn't sit there and tell me that he 100% believed in the Big Bang, which I found interesting because I could have sat there and told him that I believed 100% in the creation of the universe by God. But anywho, to me, the theory of the Big Bang actually made sense with the science behind it, the way he described it. But what was made very clear to me is that if the Big Bang happened, it was a miracle with microscopic odds of happening. And I instantly thought of divine intervention. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that I believe that the Big Bang happened because the leading black hole researcher in the world can't sit here and say that he believes the Big Bang happened with 100% certainty. But the thing that I took away from this is that non-religious beliefs of creation take a lot more faith than I knew. And I just found that really interesting because my theory of creation takes a lot of faith too. I believe that God created the universe, but I learned that like all these astronomers are relying on faith just as much as I am. And that was a really, really cool aha moment for me. Another interesting concept that my professor talked about that was so fascinating to me was called the anthropic argument. And it's a theory we kept referring to in the class all semester. It's really, really, really complex. It's really hard to explain, but I'm gonna try. Basically, the bottom line is that the universe only exists because we exist. And we only exist because the universe exists. And the odds of that happening are next to impossible. And so he explained this concept called the multiverse theory, which I think a lot of people may be familiar with, but it's basically the idea that the universe is infinite. And there are an infinite amount of universes and planets and solar systems and all those different things. And it needs to be this way because we need to exist because we do exist. And so like the only way to explain the miracle of our existence is by saying that we need an infinite amount of universes so that one can exist that can sustain human life. And the only way for us to beat the odds of our existence is for there to be an infinite amount of universes, if that makes sense, because we need an infinite amount for the odds to be in our favor. Because the odds of having even just like this planet and this solar system that can sustain our human life the way that it does, the odds are technically should be impossible, but literally next to nothing. And so he's explaining these things and teaching these things. And then I just realized a choice. And like I said earlier, like God is a God that gives us choices. And I was sitting there and I'm like, this is, this is a choice. It's a choice to believe that there are a million universes in existence that were crafted by themselves through science. And there are a million universes because we exist and we need a universe to exist in because we are such complex creatures. And the odds of that happening are next to impossible. And we exist on a sheer miracle. Or I can believe in a divine creator who knew all of this and created the world to sustain us because he knows us. And I'm like, that's a choice. And I think either of them are miracles. Either of them are miracles because you have one to like a billion odds of us existing or you have a divine creator who created us from dust. And it was just like so, I was just sitting there, I was like, wow. Either way, humanity is such a miracle. And I love, love, love to believe that we have a divine creator 
who knew how intricate this world needed to be to sustain us and made it that way. That's what I believe. And so I thoroughly enjoyed my astronomy class. My professor was incredible at what he did. I learned so much, but also like my faith grew exponentially because I had been exposed to some of the complete opposite explanations for a lot of my beliefs about creation and they all pointed me back to God. And so my life has been full of like seasons like this where times I've experienced life and just like even in ways I wasn't looking to find God. I wasn't looking to find God in my astronomy class, but I did. He showed up. It was so cool. And so I think as I just keep walking through life and getting more mature in my faith, God shows up in every area of life if I'm looking for him. And I think this is really cool. And like, it just makes my life so sweet when I'm able to like look around and be like, whoa, I think that was God. And like all these, it's just so sweet. It's such a rich life. I know I've spanned a lot in this episode. I've, ugh, I feel like I didn't even really scratch the surface of any of it, but I tried to just touch on a couple different things that I think people could relate to or understand. Um, but there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into, I think, any religious belief, and so I didn't even scratch the surface of mine. But I hope no matter who you are, something resonated with you. I tried to touch on a little bit of everything. But yeah, this is a lifelong journey. It's complex but it's the best decision I've ever made. Um, I really feel like I didn't scratch the surface. Like, this is a topic I could talk about forever. Um, I mean, obviously, like, we have a book with thousands of pages, which is insanely complex, but also insanely simple. And there's nothing I can do to explain it all. Um, it's, a, a lot of this is just stuff that someone has to experience from their self through faith. But I hope I at least did a good job of covering a little bit of everything. If you guys have questions, please reach out. I think y'all know where to find me. My social media shouldn't be that hard to find, Kaylin Keeper. But um, yeah, please reach out. I genuinely, genuinely would love to talk about this with anyone who wants to, or like if um, it gets to the point, like I might even do like another in-depth episode about this. I'm not really sure where it would go, but thank you guys for being here and hopping on today, hopefully with an open mind. I hope you learned something new. So that was the long-awaited faith episode. It, I don't know exactly what I was expecting it to look like, but but I hope that you were able to learn something new or or maybe just have an aha moment. I'm not sure, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Please reach out with questions if you have any. I would love to talk, um, and I'll leave you with this quote. If we were wrong, we wasted our lives. If they were wrong, they wasted eternity.